Good morning, good evening, wherever you are across the world and the universe. Welcome to Quantum Living, a mysterious dimension at the intersection of science and spirituality, where anything can happen. I'm your host, Anna Anderson. Thank you for joining me on this quantum journey as I continue lifting the veil of other dimensions and realities to make them a part of our life. As always, please take away from the show only what resonates with you and discard the rest or put it aside for later. I hope you will enjoy today's episode. Okay, let's begin. Hello and welcome to yet another fascinating episode of Quantum Living. Today I continue my enchanted conversation with Saul Ravencraft, an executive occultist. We left it when Saul talked about the sixth principle of the Kabbalion, which is cause and effect. Let's pick up when we left off. The last principle is, uh, number seven, is the principle of gender. And... It's, it's a very mysterious one, and one that, that I still am learning. I think as a society, we're learning about it. Um, gender fluidity, uh, because of where I am in, uh, in life, is, a, is an unusual understanding for me. It's not something that I deny, but it's also not something that I know, that I experience and and that that for some people makes me sound ignorant but it's just it's just a reality it, i've i've viewed things through a certain lens and i have my personal understanding for myself through a certain lens and i can't completely understand someone else's experience i can accept it i can love them and honor it but i'll never understand and that's okay. I don't have to understand because it's not about me. <laughs> it's about them. And I just need to not be in the way. I need to, to not try and fix them or, or, or even, you know, take on the role of mansplainer <laughs> to tell everyone, oh, let me, let me explain what's going on over there. Uh, that's not my place. Um, all I can do is I can say, hey, you're being a jerk. Stop that. <laughs> Leave them alone. Um, but my understanding of gender have come from my practice in that there are solar and lunar aspects, male and female aspects. We all contain both of them. We all experience both of them. Uh, and if we are out of touch with one of them completely, we get really messed up. <laughs> And there are times where we need to go forward with what I consider the male aspect, the solar aspect, is driven by will and precision and, you know, as I will, so mote it be. And I'm going to make this thing happen. And I see the lunar and the female aspect as something that is more about finding the harmonies and evening those vibrations and letting things happen instead of making things happen. And I have to be able to do both. I have to be able to deal with both. And, and I can't be afraid of either energy. 
Uh, and, and that is a continuing evolution because culturally, the way mm -hmm. I was raised in the culture that I was raised in, there are certain gender experiences that people, younger people have today that I didn't get to have. And so <laughs> I, I miss that experience in, in forming my understanding of it. Um, but I'm still learning and still open and still connecting with those understandings, even though often it makes me feel like an oddball. Um, and, and so to me, the principle of gender is a very mysterious one. Mm -hmm. my understanding is that you really need to acknowledge that, that there, there, there is that polarity going on there. There is a male side of things and a, a, a female side of things, a feminine side of things. Um, I'm not even sure what the right language is uh, to, to express it. I like solar and lunar. Mm -hmm. That helps me. Um, and that they are different and they are distinct, and yet they are intertwined, and that we connect with all of it. I find it interesting that this principle is included as a separate one as opposed to in the polarity principle, because once again, we are seeking in a sense to come into balance. But one other thing I'd like to, uh, to mention, you have just highlighted a very important point, which is sort of on the fringe of this topic, but you mentioned there's a difference between making things happen and allowing things to happen. Could you talk to this concept? Sure. Those are, those are basic concepts that I apply for workings that I do. It's things that come up a lot in readings that I do. And this gets to the idea of intention for me and application of will. So when you are going to accomplish something, Let's say you're going to go on a vacation. You're going to go to Disney World. Why not? One way of doing that is you get with a planner and you come up with a very rigid itinerary that says we're going to arrive at this time and we're going to eat this meal in this place. It's been prearranged. We only have uh, 25 minutes to eat and then we're going to go over to this place and we're going to do this thing. And, and everything is you just follow in the flow chart. You're just going to do what that says. And you will have an efficient and probably entertaining time. But you will be rigidly restricted on what you can do and how you can do it. you got to just, just follow the list. That would not be my favorite way to experience Disney World. <laughs> Because I like just going, ooh, what's that over there? We're going to go do that. And so some things are on the agenda, but eh, we're really enjoying this restaurant. Let's hang out here for an hour. 
Uh, well, that's gonna disrupt. Doesn't matter. This is this is fun. Uh, we'll we'll do the other stuff another time. And within the more haphazard approach, there are gonna be that that cause and effect is gonna happen, and it's gonna introduce a level of chaos, a level of unpredictability into it. Now you could go. Oh my gosh, we stayed at the restaurant for an hour instead of 25 minutes. So that means their shopping should be seven minutes and 47 seconds. And, <laughs> and, and we're just going to, we're going to make up that hour through the next 17 things on the list. And as you know, that's, that's really difficult to do. <laughs> once, once that time starts trickling away, you, you sometimes just have to throw that list away. And, yeah. So I see that when you're trying to make something happen, well, when, when you want something to happen, I'll say it that way. Gosh, I just gave away a little bit of my own perspective right there. Right? I, I tend to be yeah. a little solar in what I do. Um, but when you are forming intention, you're deciding what you want to achieve. You can be very precise and very pointed and very will-driven in it. But you gotta, you got to control all those aspects. And if anything gets out of whack, you have to make it up. You have to fix it. You are responsible. And there are some things where that is perfectly appropriate, where you need something very specific and it needs to be driven that way. Mm -hmm. But there's also where you let stuff go. I need a car. What color? Don't care. What type? Don't care. <laughs> but it needs to be in good condition. It needs to still have a warranty on it. And it needs to be in my price range. Okay. So these three things I'm approaching with my solar energy, a lot of that other stuff, I'm just going to let go. I'm going to let it happen, whatever it is. Uh, and I think that in general, you never go all the way one way or the other. Even when you're primarily leading with your lunar energy and just going, I'm going to flow into this. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I'm going to be okay with what it is. Okay, well, obviously, you're, you're not open to someone beating you to death <laughs> <laughs> or, or uh, you know, starving in the desert, right? That's not really what you want. Uh, you're not open to Every possibility. You got some parameters that you're laying out there, but you're not being particularly rigid mm. about most of them. And so even when you feel like you're leading with one over the other, the other one's always there. That's that mystery that's intertwined. Mm. There are some things that are still driven by, by your will and by your desire, as open as you might be. But there are very, very different ideas. And I find that when I try to be too solar with something, I get frustrated because I can't, I just do a terrible job of controlling the whole universe. Yeah. <laughs> I am not a very good uh, God, uh, uh, omnipotent <laughs> God. I just, yeah. I, I'm, I'm much more Greek and uh, how I God things. Uh, but, but I also, I also have to allow for a little bit of that chaos, a little bit of that harmonies and the wonderful surprises that come from those because one of the beautiful things is when you let that lunar energy go in and you let things happen, sometimes it's better than what you thought of. Yes. And there's a very good saying that life happens when you are making plans. John Lennon said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
which is when you think about it, oh yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah. I can so things popping up while you were making plans. Okay, scrap that and yeah, something else needs to develop. And my general recommendation is if someone is feeling frustrated about their inability to control things or things are not going according to plan, well, what is it you need to let go of there? Mm. What is it you are trying to focus your energy on that is bigger than you, is is beyond you, mm. and and just let that flow? Maybe the need for and, control. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And those are those lunar aspects. And, and I'm going to focus on these three things that are very important to me. And I'm going to let, I'm going to delegate the rest to the universe. Learn more about quantum living, a cutting edge approach to self-empowerment and emotional freedom at the intersection of science and spirituality. It is the master key to understanding how life works and gives you many tools and strategies to change your life experiences. Whether dealing with emotional addictions, relationship issues, self-sabotage blocking the progress and achievement in your life, or any other challenge, quantum living is the space you want to be in. My quantum living coaching program is as psychological, spiritual, and esoteric as it is educational and practical. In the advanced stage of the program, I will take you on a quantum soul journey in a deep theta state to other dimensions and realities, which is an amazing and profound experience. I also invite you to sign up for Quantum Talk, my free monthly newsletter with a blog, updates and special offers. When you do, you will instantly receive a download copy of my book, The Seven Keys to Quantum Communication, absolutely free. To book your free diagnostic session and receive your free book, visit quantumliving.com.au today. You'll be glad you did. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on the Kabbalion. Very interesting overview and conversation. Sure. I would like now to move to one of my favorite topics at the top of my list of favorite topics, which is which is big anyway. Let's talk about interference of entities from other dimensions in our business right here and now, creating chaos, confusion. And as an example, I can give gremlins. I often get gremlins in my computer doing things that are totally unexplained from the technical point of view that come and go. And so, you know, as you mentioned earlier, Ron, I was having some interference and I just shooed them out because I, I can sense that there is every so often there is some let's call it a mischievous energy, not necessarily something sinister, but maybe even mischievous, that just wants to interfere with our life, with our timing, with our reception of time. So could you talk to this? Because this is really uh, what I call a juicy, <laughs> 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 juicy topic that 
that we can uh, dive into because there is obviously a lot of speculation, but also if you could share with us some experiences and stories from, from your from your own life that that uh, are evidence of such an activity. So this is an interesting area for me because of my background. Uh, as you can imagine, ideas like gremlins and all of that sort of thing were just stories, were just fairy tales. And to a degree, I still think of those things in a more mythological view, even though I recognize that the effects, the gremlin effects are absolutely real, but I don't necessarily experience them as, as little creatures exactly. I, I experience them in, a, in a, a, a different way. Now, as I evolve, and I connect more and more with different kinds of lore, and I re-examine these ideas from a more evolved perspective. I recognize that. I said earlier, people are made out of stories, and I think that's very true. Um, and I love movies. Uh, I'm a big horror movie fan. I actually host a horror movie once a month in Austin, to share that joy with other people. And so a lot of my formative stories didn't necessarily come from old mythology. Uh, it came from other kinds of stories and other kinds of ideas. And so I'm still connecting some of those dots. I do think though, it's obvious that we encounter different kinds of energies. Some of them are just general vibrations. Some of them seem to be very pointed at <laughs> what they're trying to do mm. for you or against you. Yeah. Uh, and why? Well, uh, one, because we're not as isolated as we like to be. Mm -hmm. I really do connect with that multi-dimensional possibility. Mm. Okay, now I'm going to tell you a very weird story. Please do. <laughs> and and it's going to sound silly. But there's a movie that I watched many years ago called Record. It's a horror film and it's about a recording of uh, a series of murders that was on a tape. And the killer managed to get his essence onto the tape before the recorder was taken into police evidence. Mm -hmm. And then later on, someone plays that tape and releases this entity to kill again. Wow. All right. And things are replaying themselves. So there is a scene in there where someone gets shot. And it moves from sort of a seduction moment to they get shot in the head. So it's just this, this violence out of the blue. And there was a strong piece of music that played. It was, uh, it was a song called Sail, which is very popular for a while. And the music just grabbed me and thrilled me. I'm like, what in the world is that? And then I found it. And I downloaded it and I played it in the car for a while, just, just absorbing the energy from that. 
And then the other day, I was going to show my daughter this movie and say, so that song, Sail, this is why I watched this. This is why I, I got hold of that song. Because this is just, I mean, you're not going to believe this. Mm-hmm. And I watched the movie. And the song, Sail, did play kind of quietly. But it was in the seductive part of the scene. Mm-hmm. And when the violence occurred, that part I remember so vividly just shaking me and causing me to go find this song was not there. Wow. So one, I look a little creepy to my daughter because, <laughs> oh, this song was so amazing and it's during the wrong part of the scene. But then the music that stirred me never occurred in the movie as I'm watching it again. It, well, so so I was streaming it, and, and a friend has suggested that sometimes they change music in the movies when they re-release it, although they they still had the song in there. They just did a, played a different part at a different time. So, so that confuses me, and I'd like to track that down. But I'll tell you, the feeling that I had was I've, I've jumped tracks. Battle Universe. I, I watched this yeah. movie in another dimension, and in this dimension, they didn't do it that way. Mm. That's the way it felt. And whether that's true or not <laughs> doesn't matter because I experienced what it was like to jump tracks. Yes. And it's very confusing. It's very weird. And I do believe that there are people who jump tracks. There's a fascinating time travel story about a guy named John Titor. And in the, uh, I guess in the 90s, uh, back before Facebook, back before Facebook children, <laughs> uh, when, when we just had forums to, to type messages back and forth in, um, uh, and, and you couldn't like them, you couldn't poke people, it was madness, <laughs> so primitive. Um, but this guy hopped on a forum and he claimed to be a time travel f- traveler from our future and he had come back in time to get an obsolete part of an IBM computer to take back to the future because they needed it to do something it had been after this big civil war and and society had fallen and all that and people who were followers of teeter we had like three different situations that came up where they went is this the one is this it uh and and it didn't happen and Teeter was there for the first time the Civil War didn't happen. And they said, what's up with that? He said, I don't know. I'm as confused as you are. Uh, this, this is very strange to me. I don't know why this isn't happening. Mm. Um, and the idea came in that maybe when he came back in time, he ended up on a different track. Yes. So there are two issues intertwined. One is coming back from the future on the same timeline and jumping tracks to a different timeline, parallel universe or whatever you want to call it. Right. That's when it gets really interesting. (laughs) And it's the kind of thing that the, the the best thing for us to do is just sit down over a bottle of wine or three (laughs) and just talk about all the possibilities and then we'll figure it all out and the entire universe will disappear and be replaced (laughs) with something else. Um, but it's, it's one of those things uh, that, that is very mysterious. And this is one of the unusual things that happened to me when I went down the rabbit hole 
is there was a point in my life where I thought it was possible to understand everything. And that there was always an answer, there was always an equation, always an explanation. And if you just did the right measurement, the right observation, applied the right intelligence to it, that everything could be explained and reproduced and understood. And I don't see it that way anymore. I embrace mysteries much more than I used to. That doesn't mean when my computer's not working that I just go, huh, that's weird. (laughs) (laughs) I dig into the logs and I do the work and sometimes do an all-nighter trying to get something going again because the problem needs to be solved. But there are also other things that I recognize may not be explainable within my current context while I'm wrapped up in this crude matter of flesh that, that some things just may never be understandable. Why are people racist? It doesn't make sense. And yet I think people always, some people will always be racist because there just seems to be something messed up that that makes that a thing. I, I don't know if there's going to be a vaccination for that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day, right? But but I can't I can't understand it, and I probably will never understand it. But that's not really the point. <laughs> It's not, it's, not, it's not my purpose to understand racism. It's to, to create conditions as best I can that the racism is irrelevant, that it doesn't keep people from, from embracing their greatest good. And there was a time where I thought, well, okay, obviously there's going to be an answer. And once we figure that out, it'll be done. And, and the, the principles that we were just talking about give the light to that. On some level, it may never be attainable. It's a mystery. But I don't have to solve the mysteries to do some good. I don't have to solve the mysteries to change my own thinking and my own vibration about it. I don't have to solve the mysteries to go, that is not permitted here. And to create... Uh, a, a secure environment where it really isn't permitted. I don't have to solve it to fix it. Yes, absolutely true. But speaking of mysteries, what are your thoughts and insights about time? Time warping, time travel, just as a as an insight or perhaps from your own experience? Well, it's it is a great mystery. For example, the people listening to this podcast may be surprised to know that they have been listening for seven hours. No, I'm joking. Uh, (laughs) But there's a couple of people that just check their clock. Uh, (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> so, so time is weird. And my understanding of time has evolved. And there is a limit to how much I've dared explore with what I can do to time. Because honestly, it freaks me out just a little bit. What if I do it wrong? <laughs> you know, what what if what if I lose what if I lose years I can't get back because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't I didn't have what I needed there. So so messing with time on purpose is a scary area for me. And we still don't have the undo button. Or maybe we do. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe we do. Yeah. But I do know that we have the ability to change our perception of what we're doing with time. There are so many situations where I can be driving along and suddenly I'm 12 years old again as my brain recalls this one thing that still bugs me. And that's time travel. Uh, I can think of situations where I have been focused on trying to solve a problem. And then it was seven hours later. Mm. That is time travel. And we have the ability when we focus on a, on a memory, on an experience to go more deeply into that. Hypnosis is one of the areas that I deal with. And one of the, Uh, one of the things that I like to do with people, which is related to things like um, past life regression, is called revivic revivification, which essentially means bringing back to life. And the idea is to have you focus on an activity, something that you enjoy, something that, that you like to experience, and to let you go into that. Now, this is this is pre-trance work. We don't actually do an induction and go into trance for this. But to get you to go in there, into that idea, close your eyes and take yourself into that activity as much as possible and to re-experience the conditions, the location, the feeling, the lighting, the sounds, the emotions, the physicality, the smells, the the tastes, all, all of the things that we can bring about. And it's interesting that when someone goes through this experience, that for them, the they are able to dig into details in ways that they didn't when they were doing it. They can freeze things. They can focus on one in one experience one sense in particular they can zero in on something they can they can zoom in on it or go up or down or whatever and generally in general they experience it through their own eyes so it feels like they're doing the thing again but some of the details come at them in a way that is deeper than what they did before and and that is a sort of a time manipulation as well that's going on in their in their own mind and i think when you learn how to meditate self-hypnosis learn how to work with dreams uh, dreams i think are one of the most profound examples of time travel that we do 
because dreams scientifically happen in seconds. But for us, they are epic. And I had a, a dream that was so vivid the other day. I dreamed I was doing a five-minute set of stand-up comedy. And when I woke up, I remembered it vividly enough to write down what I had said. Wow. <laughs> okay. And, and I knew I had to start writing immediately. Mm. Uh, in fact, I started in the middle and I wrote what I remembered as my set. And then I put things on either side of it that that remained vivid because I was writing that down. Now it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> the audience had a great time with it, so I guess they were they were my kind of crowd. But if if I went and tried to do that at the comedy club, I don't I don't think I'd get anything. Um, but it was interesting to experience that so vividly. And for me, this was hours. I remember being there before it was time and talking to a few people. I remember going to the bar and looking at what they had to drink. I remember getting ready for my set and feeling that emotion. I remember doing the set, which was a very short one. I remember talking to the organizer afterwards, and she said, yeah, that was really good. I think we'll definitely want to have you here again. Here are your drink tickets. Go ahead and go to the bar, and they'll take care of you. And then I went back to the bar and talked to the bartender and figured out. I mean, it was all this stuff, which physiologically occurred in a few blinks of my eye. Yeah. And, and that, that I think is, is an incredible kind of a thing. And when we are deep enough into something, I think we can bring that about, but I, I think it takes practice to evolve your imagination and evolve your trust in your imagination to allow that kind of stuff to happen. A lot of us are are unwilling to go there, and I'm still learning to go there. I'm not there yet, but I think that if I continue on my path and I continue to allow it to happen, uh, then then I will get to a point where I will be able to just, in meditation, in ritual, play things out that take much longer in my mind than they do in reality. And then maybe there will be a way to go back the other way and and speed up my experience. I don't know. Maybe I don't want to speed up my experience too much. Maybe maybe there are other things to notice and observe in those times of waiting. If you if you spend the time going inward instead of watching outward. Yeah, yeah. I definitely believe that we can change our perception of time. And I've had many such experiences in my own life. And when I spoke with a number of other guests on my podcast, they shared those experiences or similar experiences with me as well. So it is a fairly common occurrence. But yes, in terms of more pronounced changes in time, such as time warping, time travel, for example, when you're driving on a country road, finding yourself in a different location than you were five minutes ago and on your watch, an hour has passed, which uh, potentially could have had explanations such as UFO encounters, which leads me to my next one of my next favorite 
questions, topics. I want to say one more thing about the time, though, before we go forward. <laughs> yeah, okay. We, I think that the time, the way we understand it, is uniquely connected to being a living, flesh-bound being. And that when we get into other entities and spirits and, and other more ethereal kinds of things, that they do not experience time the way that they do. And that they are able to access time, not linearly, but in a much more parallel fashion. It's all laid out. And they can go be here or they can go be there. They can play it slowly or fast. They can have the present and the future and the past all going on at the same time. I think that that is something that does occur. And it is something that can be challenging if we do get into trying to make connection with these entities. And I think it's one of the reasons why communicating with spirits and such is very complicated is they no longer perceive things the same way that we do. And so some of the questions we ask and some of the communication that we give them doesn't make sense anymore. And I, a part of me can't wait to understand that better, but I'm not in a hurry to reach a state where I can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with staying linear for a while, um, but I do believe that that when I cross that threshold, that a lot of this conceptualization of of sensory input and time input is just all going to be blown away, uh, and uh, that that I think is fascinating. You know, it's funny, I, I sometimes get this visual in my mind, especially when I'm working with dimensions or spiritual topics, etc., and communication. I sometimes get this visual in my mind of beings, entities, spirits, loved ones who pass on laughing, like being in the same time-space continuum from our perspective, and actually laughing that we, laughing at us, that we don't get it, that we don't understand it, that <laughs> it is all so simple, of course, the way they understand it, that they can perceive it now. Right. But yeah, I actually see them laughing that this is so simple and you still can't see this, you, you can't see us and you can't see. So yeah, that there's a, and by the way, uh, spirits and entities and beings that their benches have very good sense of humor. So they're like joking and they're like, you know, making fun. And perhaps this, uh, there is that mischievous part that comes in, uh, you know, with poltergeist and, and other manifestations. Right. So, um, and if you are someone who is e easily offended, if you don't like laughter around your missteps, then a metaphysical path is not really for you. <laughs> you have to enter into all of this with a sense of joy and a sense of wonder and an appreciation for the surprise. Yeah. And 
I think that that is so critical to being successful because if all you're looking at is to be feared or respected, whatever that means, then your your limited view of what is possible is going to box you in. But if you can encounter these things with delight, and even when you encounter the more chaotic things, the more mischievous things, the coyote kind of energy coming into things. Uh, One of my favorite coyote stories is uh, there were two farmers in a field and coyote was there and he had a hat that was red on one side and yellow on the other. And he walked between them and he greeted them as he went along. And afterwards, the two guys started talking. And uh, the, one of them talked about the, how red his hat was. And the other guy said, no, it was a yellow hat. And they argued and they actually came to blows on it. And then Coyote came back watching, walking the other way. <laughs> 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 and and oh. I enjoy that because Coyote's goal there was to bring out their pride and their ignorance and their inability to talk about someone else's perception. Mm. It was that they were right. And when they they did violence on each other and then he came back the other way, did they actually talk about that or did they just start mm banging on each other again (laughs) he gave them an opportunity to understand creating the mischief did they do it story doesn't tell us we don't know but sometimes that that trickster energy is necessary Mm -hmm. to help you evolve that's why satire works so effectively with people that are full of themselves Uh, politicians don't like satire because it makes them look stupid. They need to always be seen to be powerful. And satire sucks the wind out of those sails. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Um, and yet you will find a few people. They're rare, but you will find some powerful people that are able to look at some of this satire and laugh with it and recognize recognize some of the truth that's in there. Of course, those people are harder to satirize <laughs> <laughs> because, because they're not they're not all full of themselves. That's where the best satire comes from, is from the absolutes. And if you discover your water energy, then uh, you just flow with it. Oh well. Would you like to learn how to meditate in Theta, the optimal frequency you can have in a meditative state? By popular demand, I have created an instructional Theta meditation package containing a guided audio meditation and an introduction booklet. It is a unique, one-of-a-kind resource that will help you achieve and maintain the elusive Theta state throughout your meditation and will give you the important background information about Theta Meditation and this process. For more details, please go to the store on my website at quantumliving.com.au.
Yes. Okay. Let's go back or jump into my question about ET. So the question is, in your work, spiritual work, have you ever met an extraterrestrial or interdimensional being? Met as in had a conscious interaction with? So that is an area that I am still evolving into is is being able to have that kind of direct conversation. Uh, I do believe that I've connected through dreams, which is a sort of conversation, uh, but but a little less precise than being able to say, okay, okay, Venusian, let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about this. I do think that I have interaction with interdimensional beings, but it's it's ethereal, and and part of that is, I think, me overcoming some of my own barriers. And I think it's really important that we talk about that in this moment, because one of the things that I think the metaphysical community does that is a great disservice to the people that want to evolve is they represent that same attitude that we just talked about, where they are right and they experienced and they know everything and they are at the top of the game. And if you haven't seen a spirit with your own eyes, well, clearly you have no mediumistic <laughs> capability whatsoever, right? That thing you smelled, that doesn't count, right? Because I can see the driver's license. And I always have ever since I was a child. <laughs> right? And the truth is that when you get into these areas, we all experience things in different ways. We all have different talents. We all have different connections. And that just because someone has not sat and had elusive conversation with another being does not mean they never will. If you decide that you can't or someone tells you that you can't, then you are right. You will never have that conversation. So for me, I think it's important for anybody at whatever part of their path they are, recognize that when they see someone doing things that from their perspective are extraordinary and almost unimaginable, that is a mountain to climb. That is a goal to set. That is an intention to send out there. I really want to have this experience. I want to get closer to that. I want to figure this out. I want to connect with this. But if that's not how you connect, that's okay. Because you are going to connect and you're going to do other things. Mm. And if you are always looking at someone else's experience and someone else's gifts and ignoring your own, then you're just going to spin in that little circle. So, so leave yourself open. My favorite word on that is yet. I have not had a lucid conversation with an interdimensional being yet. Doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Doesn't mean it will happen. But at this point, I'm open. I'm open. Now, I have seen things uh, that, that uh, are, I consider to be interdimensional, 
although I feel like like when we talk about interdimensional, it gets so complicated. Are we talking like an actual separate road, a separate lane of existence? Are we talking about being a little out of phase? Like when you turn on the black light on some things, how you know you you see it differently. Uh, I I'm not sure where I, and and it's probably all of the above, but I I never really saw things. It bugged me for a long time, and then there's a creature that I've seen a couple of times. Have you seen the movie The Princess Bride? No, that's a great movie. So that's your homework is you have to watch The Princess Bride. <laughs> okay. It's a great fairy tale. But there is a period, uh, a, a part in the story where in, they're in a forest and they're talking about the R-O-U-S's, the rats of unusual size. Uh, and the there's this creature that we see at some point, which is this funky lumbering rat opossum looking thing. And it's big and it's... It's a monster. So I have seen that film and, and that picture is in my head. I'm sitting at my daughter's high school. She's in band. Uh, she graduated a while back, so I don't have to pick her up from band anymore. But this time I did. It was after a football game there at light. I kind of wanted to be in bed because this was an away game. So I didn't get back until like two in the morning. And, and so there I am. And in the gutter, in the parking lot, I see this, what looks like a, a, an opossum kind of moving around in the parking lot, um, just walking along in the gutter. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, uh, that opossum is not going to be very happy uh, if, if it doesn't find a better place to be. That's just the worst possible place to be right now. And then a headlight shone on it. And I couldn't see it anymore. Mm. That's what I said. Oh. <laughs> that was just I, was, I was so confused. And I kept that picture in my head. And I told a couple of people about it. Didn't see anything like that again. But then about a month or so later, I am sitting in another parking lot waiting for a friend we're going to connect somewhere but i'm just hanging out in the parking lot on my phone looking for the right message to figure out where i'm going to be next and out of the corner of my eye there's a it's it's at a place where there's a highway entrance so uh, actually there's a couple of highways crisscrossing each other so there's a little ramp going this way and go that way and and there's a there's a little crosswalk there so it's it's this little jumble of spots not a great place to cross the street if you can avoid it and out of the corner of my eye i see something big and it's kind of clamoring along in the crosswalk area and it is just like one of the rats of unusual size from the movie I, that that size, that kind of motion. But I also, my thought connects it to that little opossum thing that I saw earlier. Because, yes, there are similarities. It was much more like that than it was an opossum. So maybe that was a baby. And then I turned and looked to see exactly what it was I was seeing, and it was gone. Mm -hmm. It was only out of the corner of my eye. Now, I haven't seen it for a while. But I know I have seen it. Right. And I, I desire stronger connection with that. And hopefully that will evolve. But 
I also don't feel like I'm failing because I don't see them more. Mm. With spirit connection, which arguably is interdimensional, I am able to manifest things in some ways, largely by using techniques that spiritualists have used for uh, more than a century. I don't see them floating around. They, they don't touch me exactly, you know, not, not in the way that some people describe them. And yet there's connection. One of the ways that I end up connecting with spirits the most is through candles. Mm-hmm. They'll talk through the candles with the flame. And when I do seance work with other people, there are people who are curious. There are people who are really trying to do something. That's one of the things that I'll do. And I recognize from myself, you're talking about that coaching aspect, that it is important for me to know what it is like to, to not just do anything I want, to, to not be so powerful that, that I can do anything, that I still had to think, I still have to work. Because a lot of the people that are connecting with me to try to do those things are in the same place. They're trying to build technique. They're trying to open themselves up. And I think I have an advantage over some people on connecting with that level because I get it. Mm. Yeah. Just like someone who's a really, really good golfer that forgot what it was like to first try to putt <laughs> uh, can be impatient with someone who is, is just figuring out all this stuff. And I think that's true metaphysically. So I, I think it's okay that I don't have connections with everything. And then when we talk about extraterrestrials, I love UFOs. I always have. I, I, I love the X-Files. I love Project Blue Book. I love reading about these things. Mm-hmm. I am fascinated by people who have had encounters with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, it hasn't happened to me yet. And that's okay. Because one of the other things that I'm learning through that is to stay open-minded about the phenomena, to honor people who have experiences that I don't have. Because it used to be in my skeptical mindset that if you described an experience that I had never had and that had never been documented in a way that I respected, then inside I would nod but, uh, uh, you know, outside I would nod, but inside I would go, well, Anna is a little stupid <laughs> or possibly disturbed, <laughs> right? And she she's lying and he's, she's doing it on purpose or she doesn't know it's a lie. Um, poor Anna. And but you don't think about me this way. Well, I don't get to anymore because because the fact that I personally had experiences that I would have looked at myself the same way and I've learned the truth of that, it makes it a lot harder for me to deny someone else's experience. Mm. And in general, I can't really get past unproven. Yeah. You know, I, I very now every once in a while I'll have something where I know I know something that applies to it, but even then I sometimes don't undo the experience because it's mixed in with other things, and if I undo one aspect of it, then I maybe unravel the whole thing, and and 
that's not the point of why they're telling me this. They're not, they're not asking me to fix it. They're sharing what they got from it. Um, so even though I'm still skeptical, that, that part of my brain is still functioning. How I use that is very different than the way I used to use it. And uh, I, I hope that I get uh, an opportunity to, to make, I wish they'd just land, right? <laughs> Well, they have and they will and they and they do. So this is a the whole separate subject and this is for like the whole separate conversation, the whole new new podcast, because there is so much information that is coming through and we simply have no time for that. And speaking of time, I'm absolutely enjoying our conversation and we could be talking for hours and days. Unfortunately, all good things must come to an end. So I wish we had a pub nearby to both of us. Yes. Uh, you would be a fantastic person <laughs> to just sit down and and <laughs> sip something and and talk um, about stuff. Yes. Yes. Well, and I have a feeling that we, we might as well continue this conversation and uh it is possible that I will need to break down this recording into two parts even because we have lost the track of time, <laughs> which is good, which is a good thing. So, so what I would ask you now is, could you please tell us briefly about your programs, your classes, your offerings? And obviously, I will include all the links into the, in the show notes. But just briefly, what are your offerings, how people can get in touch with you and, and how they can engage with you more important. Right. So I'm a little bit of an oddball uh, about people who typically come on programs like this in that I don't, I don't have a school. I don't have uh, a set of books or, or anything like that. Uh, I am developing uh, a lot of those kinds of ideas, but for me, I don't feel like I have been shown what it needs to be at the level that I want. I don't be that person that, that, that immediately decides what I need to inflict on the world without understanding what the world is, is vibrating with me, where that harmony is coming in. Um, so I have a book that I am working on uh, that um, covers that experience we talked about in uh, 2016, because I did do a little improvised workshop with a few people who were trying to understand how I was approaching that. And the book is going to recreate those ideas and, and cover uh, the concept of intention, the basic concepts of thaumaturgy, how magic works, uh, elemental considerations, the principles of the Kabbalion, and how all of that goes together to living a life that is not permission-based, but is manifestation-based. Uh, and that will also certainly come with a series of, of probably informal workshops at first and then things that people can connect with. Uh, because I know the questions are going to come out of that. 
experience with people that'll create other little mini things to work on. Um, for example, putting self-esteem in that book is probably too much stuff. But uh, clearly people got to do that as part of their shadow work. They got to deal with some of that. So uh, the best way to keep track of all that is going to be through my Facebook. And if you look up Saul Ravencraft, executive occultist on Facebook, you will find me, <laughs> the only one there. Uh, and it points back to my web page for some things. Uh, it points, it, it'll certainly point to any work that I'm doing with Nikki on which chat chats and any offerings that I'm doing virtual or real It'll all be there. So Facebook is a great way to do it. If you're not a Facebook person, and some people aren't, and I totally get that, I would recommend my webpage, which is saulravencraft.com. Uh, I uh, am still working on having as much dynamic content there as I want to, uh, but, uh, but I am working on that. But there are easy ways to connect with me, uh, contact form. And also uh, just to, to book some time if you know you want to do something virtual. And we can do what you want. Uh, it can be a, um, a reading that we focus on. Uh, we can work on, on what I consider working, that you're trying to manifest something and how do we approach that magically in creation of a sigil or ritual or whatever. Uh, we, can, we can look at coaching. Here's what I'm doing. What do you think? Right. However, it's an open consultation and uh, they're in, in half hour and one hour increments. And if you don't uh, feel like what's on there matches what you want, just send me a note and we'll figure it out. Beautiful. And once again, I will include all those links in the show notes. So, so uh, what would be your key message, a key takeaway from this beautiful conversation? for our audience that will lift their spirit? I would say that my favorite quote has become the basic tenet of Thelema, and that is, do as thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Love is the law. Love under will. I encourage listeners to not look at that phrase cynically, but take it to heart. Because your will, your desires are, are yours, and you shouldn't be afraid of them. And love is what should drive everything. Beautiful. So that to me is, is just so important. And man, I wish, I wish we could get mm. everybody thinking that way. Beautiful. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for spending this time with us sharing your knowledge and your insights and sense of humor and all the beautiful topics that we <laughs> that we talked about in the time warp that we got lost in and in this magical, mysterious rabbit hole that, to be honest, I don't feel like getting out of. So <laughs> 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 this is something where I can spend um, a lot of my time but as I said, all good things must come to an end sooner or later. So thank you so much once again. I really, really appreciate uh, the time and your beautiful energy that you have shared with us. 
It was my very great pleasure, Anna. It was always nice to find a kindred spirit and to know that there are kindred spirits for me on the other <laughs> side of the world. Thank you. Thank you so much and namaste. That's all for today, folks. If you enjoyed this show, please post a review on Apple Podcasts to encourage others to listen to it and lift the spirit across the world and the universe. For the show notes and contact details, please go to my Quantum Living Podcast on podpage.com. I'm your host, Anna Anderson. Thank you for listening. I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode of Quantum Living. Until then, be well.